Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And The coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinara, and I am without Taylor today. Um, Taylor got stuck in a little bit of travel. Uh, I, I think it's a plane or I don't know where she is, but she texted me and I'm kind of bummed. She's not able to be with us today because we have one of the most exciting episodes, I think, that we've done in so long. Um, we have a special guest and she's bummed she can't be here, but I think it's going to be an awesome episode. She'll be back next week. Um, and so I, I just don't even want to waste any time. I want to get into who we have today because unless you live under a rock, you probably know Jeff Gunther. Am I saying that right? Jeff Gunther? Okay. You got it. Mm-hmm. From TikTok sensation, TikTok therapist <laughs> sensation and Instagram um, with 
the amazing videos, just like quick snippet videos of like what to do in situations in your relationship and um, how to make the most of therapy and like how to just love yourself and just like with talks about boundaries. I mean, like you just cover so many things in like 15 seconds in each video. It's so amazing. I love it. But I just want to read like a little bit about you so people know who you are. So Jeff Gunther is a licensed professional counselor in Portland, Oregon. He's been a therapist since 2005. His practice focuses on both couples and individuals. These days, he spends most of his spare time making one-minute videos for TikTok and Instagram and more in-depth content on Patreon. Consider following him on all the platforms for relationship advice, tips, pep talks, and other resources to maximize your mental health. And you can go to therapyjeff.com to learn more about that. So welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having (laughs) me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. You're like kind of a BFD. And I, uh, (laughs) if anyone knows what BFD means, I think that's a (laughs) millennial term, but it's a big effing deal. Um, But thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited because we do have a specific topic we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I want to give you um, a chance before we kind of dive into that to tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of like what got you into this whole like sensation where you are on social media and how (laughs) how you got there because I I love it and I know so many other people do too. Sure. Yeah. Oh God. I mean it's it's so I've been posting videos on TikTok and now Instagram for about a year, a little over a year. Um I've been a therapist, like you said, since 2005. So I've been seeing folks for a long time in my own private practice. And when the pandemic hit, well, first I just decided that I was going to like do absolutely nothing and watch all 40 seasons of Survivor. Have you watched Survivor? (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's 40 seasons? (laughs) Well, now there's like 43 seasons of Survivor. But I was just like, I never seen this show. This sounds like an amazing journey. It took me a year to watch all the seasons and it was worth it. Oh my gosh, I am impressed that you got through that many seasons. I think I watched the one with with Hatch. Is there Richard Hatch or something? Yeah, that was like the first one. Okay, that's the one I watched. You're very behind on Survivor. That's all. 40 is very intimidating, but I'm impressed. Okay. Uh, So I got through all 40 seasons of Survivor. I have a lot of opinions on that show, but that's not what this episode is about. And then when I was done, I was like, while I was watching Survivor, I was also watching too much TikTok. And I saw that like mental health was trending. Because the pandemic, but because also like all the Gen Zers are maybe like a little bit more interested in therapy and mental health and the stigma is starting to go away a little bit. Although side note, I feel like part of the stigma going down is because like Silicon Valley has figured out how to like make money off of it. So like all the big therapy apps like Talkspace and other ones um, have decided that they're going to like try to like create these campaigns to like reduce mental health stigma in order to like make money off everybody. Again, that's also a different episode that we don't have to get into. Um, But while I was watching TikTok, uh, I was like, I think that there needs to be, I think that I can like create very short videos about therapy and specifically about relationship advice since I like focus on relationships so much in my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, it was, so it was sort of like a challenge of I'm really, I'm pretty good at like taking complicated information 
and delivering it in like a concise, digestible way. Um, so I just started posting videos on TikTok since I had no more Survivor episodes. And uh, I started like getting a bunch of views and going viral really early on. So I was like, cool, I guess this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> and I love it. Since then, yeah, I now post two videos a day. That's the goal, at least. And I usually okay. hit it. Um, and I've like expanded with, you know, my own podcast called This Changes Everything, my Patreon channel and all that stuff. So yeah, that's what brought me here. That's so great. So are you still mm -hmm. seeing clients in a practice or are you kind of shying yeah. away from that now? Okay. No, I'm still seeing clients. Um, I still see clients on Mondays and Tuesdays since I've been a therapist for I don't know, almost 20 years. I have like just a ton of clients that I've that I've seen now that just sort of like see me and go away and then come back and then go away and they all just sort of cycle through. So I haven't seen a new client in like four years because wow. I have like all these clients that come in and then go yeah. away and come back again. So I don't think I'll ever stop seeing clients, but I only see them on Mondays and Tuesdays and then I have all the other days for content creation and all the other projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's great i yeah that's how i feel too i don't think i'll ever stop seeing them um but yeah. maybe eventually kind of do more yeah. make more of a balance with mm -hmm. with that and and content creation um so that's awesome so good for you and you. i know you said like relationships are kind of like buzzing um i feel like it always is especially right now because that's just something mm -hmm. that everyone kind of struggles with in mm -hmm. and out of whatever's mm -hmm. going on. But um, so we will going to, we are going to get to some questions. You guys submitted some questions on my anxiety healer Instagram. And so we're going to get into some of them before, like at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and they do have to do with some relationships. So we got a lot of relationship questions, of course. Um, but I want to kind of get into what, what we kind of, we talked about what kind of topic we want to do. And while we will talk a little bit about relationships, um, you had a video that I loved and I wanted you to kind of expand a little bit more on that, which was how to stop gaslighting yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that gaslighting is kind of like a buzzword right now. I'm, when, I, when I say buzzword, I mean like kind of like words that you hear, but you might not know like actually what it means, like trigger, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone mm -hmm. uses the word trigger right now. Everyone uses love bombing right now. Like everyone uses mm -hmm. these kind of different words. Um, and even like with anxiety, I mean, mm -hmm. that as a, as a psychologist, you know, like there's more meaning to the actual definition of what anxiety looks like and the diagnosis of it. For us, mm -hmm. we know that, mm -hmm. but it means so many different things to different people when they say mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw the I saw your video on how to stop gaslighting yourself. And I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that today, which would be yeah. great. So tell me a little bit more about the word gaslighting, since I feel like that is such a buzzword. Like, what does it mean for you? And whether it's for yourself or like someone else does it, like, what does it mm -hmm. look like? Yeah, for me, I, I think you're right. It is a buzzword. It sort of like seems to be used a lot in like, pop psychology these days. And for me, uh, an example might be you're typically when you're in a relationship, if you're getting gaslighted by somebody, somebody is making you question your reality. The reality that you see as true, but they're just like, no, you're being like crazy. You're being paranoid. So if you're with somebody and you're walking down the street and your partner 
is checking out everybody up and down and ogling at all the people that are walking past you. And you say something like, it's making me feel really uncomfortable, but that you're like clearly checking everybody out or we're walking down the street together. And then your partner turns to you and just be like, oh my God, you're crazy. I would never do that. What are you talking about? And then you're like, but I clearly saw them do this. And now maybe is it me? Am I the one that's like incredibly insecure? And this works, that sort of tactic, whether it's being done deliberately or not, works well on people that tend to be more anxious and insecure, where they start to like question, they sort of blame themselves um, for being like too, quote unquote, needy or sensitive or hypervigilant or whatever it is. So if you're getting gaslit, you're being told by somebody that you're being crazy and that you should question your reality and your fears or concerns or worries are not based in reality and you need to go work on that. And I'm and I'm I'm fine or I'm healthy or I'm perfect and there's nothing wrong with me and I don't need to change. You're the one that needs to do the changing. And I feel like this can happen really deliberately by somebody who's trying to manipulate you and make you feel bad and not take ownership for their, you know, mistakes or the hurt that they're causing or the impact that they have on you, or it could be done accidentally ish. Like they might not like realize that they're doing it and because they don't know what type of effect that they're having on you, or they're not super aware of their behavior or something. So it's sort of like a scale of whether they're doing it deliberately or not. But the end result is you really questioning what's going on when when that thing really happened. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I understand or define gaslighting. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I also, um, in like simple terms, I, I remember thinking to myself, like it's, it's times when um, – and this is for other people, not because we'll get into how we do it with ourselves. But mm-hmm. I, when someone's defensive – when I'm trying to express my feelings and someone automatically is so defensive, mm-hmm. um, that can be not all the time, but that can be, and just recognizing that it's so invalidating. Nothing they're saying back to me is validating me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, those two things, I think I, I'm very aware of that now. And mm-hmm. self-awareness is a huge piece of this, especially for people that gaslight other people. Like they're obviously not, aware of what's going on with the other person or within themselves just have to like say something but i feel like those two things are huge when it comes to gaslighting yes yeah you feel incredibly invalidated um You've, and you feel like, and it's really destabilizing, like all of a sudden what you thought was true may not be true. And also like the person who's gaslighting you, probably you're giving them a lot of power. You're giving them a lot of influence. And you might also like really trust them. You probably do trust them if you're close to them or you're dating them or or whatever. Like, So they have a lot of power and influence over you and they're using that power to you know evade responsibility and make you the one that's like the bad one or, you know, the one that needs to like work on your stuff. So, um, yeah, this, I mean, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't like to throw the word like narcissist around because I feel like everybody's saying that's also Buzzword. like, a, that's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're such a narcissist. Um, yeah. because there's Everybody like, is. you know, there's not a lot of people are actually narcissists. You have to right. like really right. fit that, uh, right. diagnosis. And yeah, but, um, 
this is like so if you if you are dating somebody or if you're with somebody or in, a family member has like narcissistic characteristics or something then they might use gaslighting as a way to manipulate you and gain power over you and get what they want from you uh, but usually they don't do that right at the start they kind of like really create like a trusting relationship with you Mm -hmm. so that like eventually when they start getting you to kind of like question your reality it's just sort of like the slow build that happens that maybe you weren't even expecting yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh my gosh and i i'm even thinking like i'm sure everybody listening right now is like oh my gosh i know this person or i know this type (laughs) i I know this you know uncle sam or whatever you know and I'm thinking in my mind of just all the people in my life that I, I know I, um, so, okay. So that kind of makes sense as far as how other people can gaslight us and what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how would you, what would you say about gaslighting ourselves? Is it something like you talk a lot about invalidating our own reality that other people do? So is that kind of the same with us? Like we invalidate ourselves when we go through things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically 100%. But it, it, a lot of times we start to invalidate ourselves, question our own reality, because we've been exposed to people that have done that to us maybe our whole lives. Um, so a lot of times that starts in the family with parents or caregivers or even siblings or anyone that like we're growing up around all the time that um, so that if we have an emotion and, you know, emotions are not wrong or right we're just having like an emotional experience so if we have any sort of emotional experience and maybe a parent tells us that um we're we're being too sensitive or being too overwhelming like you're being ridiculous like why are you reacting this way stop it or we're going to punish you or something like that then you start to kind of like develop this little narrative that becomes an even bigger and bigger narrative where all of a sudden like when you start to have your own feelings and your own emotions you immediately invalidate them yourself because you are told or trained or sent the message that like what you're doing what you're feeling how you're feeling isn't important or isn't right um so there's a lot of like messages that come or like narratives that we might develop that says we we might say things like maybe it's all in my head or i shouldn't feel this way or i shouldn't be upset i'm sure they didn't mean it or i don't deserve to be happy Uh, so like those sorts of narratives are just incredibly invalidating to our own emotional experience and our emotional experience is completely valid but we just sort of like wipe them away really quickly because we've been given the message mm-hmm. that we shouldn't feel this way and we shouldn't think this way also it's I'm, I'm i'm while i'm talking about this i'm thinking about my sister so my sister who's a few years older than me we grew up in the same family and had uh, very similar experiences and traumas and all that. But my experience of my family and her experience of our family is could not be any more different. It is. Wow. It, yeah, it is just like a 180 for both of us on so many things. We're mm. not aligned because mm-hmm. she was treated a certain way and I was treated a certain way and she had a type mm-hmm. of personality and I had my own personality and she got mm-hmm. attention by being really by being the hero and I like tried to stay out of the fray so that I wouldn't be like a bad kid or I wouldn't get bad attention. Like there was just sort of I was really reserved and quiet and she was really like loud and bombastic. Mm -hmm. And she, Mm -hmm. and so 
it's funny because like me and her will talk about our family. And when we talk about our family and different experiences we've had, she is convinced that I'm trying to to gaslight her. And I am convinced that she's trying to gaslight me. But really, <laughs> we're not really actually trying right. to gaslight each other. We just have like wildly different experiences totally, of the same yeah. event. And instead, I need to be like, oh my God, Nicole, like that sounds really hard. That sounds really difficult. Tell me more about that. And she should do the same for me where we just sort of like understand each other's feelings. But as siblings, we sort of get caught in this like almost this competition of like, no, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. And underneath that, we're like invalidating each other's experience and sort of gaslighting each other inadvertently. And as like the younger, I was like the, the young sibling, um, my sister or my parents were able to kind of like be more powerful or more influential and tell me that like what I was experiencing wasn't, wasn't the wasn't the reality. So I can quickly do this in all of my intimate relationships. Cause I grew up being like, well, I guess this is what intimate relationships are like. This is what love is. I should always question what I want and I should always like validate what other people's experiences are. And if I do that, then I will have a relationship. Then I will feel secure in a relationship, even though it actually makes me feel incredibly anxious Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not seen. Uh, (laughs) So I was sort of like set up in this way to gaslight myself. And I think that a lot of other people were set up to gaslight themselves. So if I'm thinking maybe this is all in my head because that's what my family and that's what my big sister always told me, I should instead say my experiences are real and valid. And that's a really difficult thing to tell myself if nobody around me told me that while I was growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I So I have a very similar experience to that. Um, mm-hmm. I have an older sister who mm-hmm. we're, we're very close um, and have very similar personality types in some regards and then so different in other, other mm-hmm. regards. And I, you know, Two things I heard growing up, which how I gaslight myself now is that I'm too much when I have mm-hmm. big emotions and that I'm too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Those two things constantly, constantly go through my mind. And mm-hmm. every relationship I've had, that's where I have always put the blame on the ending of them. I'm learning a lot now where, you know, how to, to love who I am and like and validate my own reality. Mm-hmm. But there's still voices in the back of my head that are basically my family growing up saying like, well, how do I not be too much? Mm -hmm. Which basically means how do I not show my emotion? Because I am a sensitive person Mm -hmm. and I'm highly sensitive. And I think a lot of people that struggle with anxiety are highly sensitive people. Mm -hmm. And how can I turn that from being that I'm too much because I have that and that's why people never want to like stick around for me? Mm -hmm. And that that narrative, how can Mm -hmm. I right? Like rewrite that and learn that that's like an amazing part about me and that I don't need anyone else to validate that for me. I can like say Mm -hmm. that on my own. And I think that's probably a huge piece of like healing from gaslighting yourself or from others, learning how to like really find that worth within yourself and to love yourself. And that's seriously the hardest thing. And it is a lifelong journey. It's like every day you will be tested to like love yourself because there'll be things and people and work situations and relationships that will challenge Mm -hmm. you through all of those things. 
Hi, healers. So I want to talk to you all today a little bit about one of our new sponsors named BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. So there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling services. And let's be honest, if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I really love BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online and is available all around the world. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in many different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log into your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You will get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you'd like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs the very first try, so BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches, and if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there is no charge at all to change counselors if you ever need to, which is amazing. There's also financial aid available to anyone who's looking for payment options. Here is what one of the BetterHelp clients actually said about their counselor, which I thought was just so amazing. Ashley is an excellent therapist. I wish everyone I know could get support they need from her. She constantly provides great insights, shares helpful tools, and validates my feelings and experiences in a way that has helped me heal and improve my life in a tangible way. She is responsive, kind, and engaging everything you would hope a therapist would be. So that is so amazing. People are really loving their counselors at BetterHelp. And we actually have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners and healers today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash anxietychicks. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an, ex- with an experienced counselor today. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're just constantly, we're constantly learning how to validate our own feelings if we grew up in a household or with a family that like was invalidating us whether they were like doing it on purpose or not like we were just sort of like we weren't feeling seen or heard or understood or validated and that's going to really affect how we see ourselves and that's going to like repeat itself in relationships so when something goes wrong you're going to quickly blame yourself and there's there's sort of like you might even feel like there's power in that well at least i know that it's I'm to blame and maybe I should change. Maybe there's something wrong with me that gives you like a sense of control, I guess. Mm. But it also like <laughs> you're taking too much of the blame. Like go ahead and take accountability for whatever mm. it is that you did. But understand that like two people were involved in this relationship and they also need to take responsibility as well. Um, 
so it's so there's a lot of like i shouldn't feel this way sort of narratives that like go through my head or go through other people's heads and instead of i shouldn't feel this way it should be like if it's sticking with me it must be a trigger and where do i need where do i need to heal mm. like mm-hmm. what is going on here do i need this person to like take accountability for what they've done? Do I need to talk to a friend or a therapist about it? How can I take this really seriously instead of like brushing it away, which is, which feels like the easy thing to do, but then you're never actually like addressing anything in healing and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that you're right as far as like feeling like you're always doing the work of self improvement, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're buying every new um, book, (laughs) on, <laughs> you know, self-improvement that comes out and you're doing every workbook, you're just like watching every TikTok or Instagram about it. And all of that stuff is amazing. It really is um, to have resources and to really um, find – it just become more aware of yourself and your own limiting beliefs and, you know, your own thoughts and your feelings with things. Awesome. Like learn about that. But I have found over the past – you know, few years, like what you said that I think it is a sense of control. Like mm. I, my boyfriend broke up with me back in July. Okay. I'm going to get, you know, the workbook guide to get through my breakup. And then after that, I'm going to figure out what, what I did wrong. So that doesn't happen again. And it's, you know, and it's just trying to, when in reality, um, you know, I go see my own therapist. I also have like this dating coach now, which is great. Mm. And, um, you know, I learned more to just like sit with what I'm feeling and like know that it's okay that I can actually get through the grief that I feel with Mm -hmm. the breakup. And Mm -hmm. I lost my dad passed too about a month or two ago. And so Mm -hmm. going through a lot of grief and how that like relates to my anxiety and Mm -hmm. kind of sitting with and validating myself through that. Right. And yeah. not saying I know with uh, with grief, we're not going to go on a fun tangent, but with grief, too, I think there's such a um, sense of society that wants you to move on from it so quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, like, OK, you're good. You're good. You're good. Like, I mean, hello, you get like a day or two off from work or something. And then you're <laughs> when someone important dies, and you're like, OK. Right. Um, so so that's sort of, you know, being able to say it's OK if you're not for far along. Mm-hmm. in the process. You know, you yes. can still sit with it. It's okay. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's okay. It's so it's, it's almost you're kind of like reparenting yourself if you didn't get that message from your parents or from your family caregivers. Um, then you need to start giving it to yourself, but it's difficult to do. And oftentimes, you need to see a therapist that mm-hmm. first tells us, you know, that like your feelings matter and your emotions are valid and all of this, and then you can start integrating it. For me, it was also. One of the main ones was I shouldn't be upset because they didn't mean it. Um, And so I would get caught up because like that's what would happen. I'd be like hurt 
I'd feel left out in my family. I feel like nobody cared about me. And they'd be like, well, we don't mean it. <laughs> like, uh, so right, I right. shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't feel bad because right. they had good intentions and they never sort of like focused on the impact of their behavior because my family, I mean, everybody, I guess, but like, I'm thinking of my own family. They all see themselves as really good people that would never want to hurt me. Of course. Of course. I mean, yeah. And I hope that they don't ever deliberately (laughs) want to hurt me. Yeah. (laughs) That's the minimum. It doesn't mean that they're not human and they also have their own emotions and like challenges with things. And as parents and as other, you know, siblings and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So now instead of being like... I shouldn't be upset because they didn't mean it. I'm more like, even if they didn't mean it, it still hurt. (laughs) And so if it still hurt and they really care about me, then I want to um, have them acknowledge that, understand what their impact is on me, take accountability or responsibility for it, apologize and really mean it, be genuine, show remorse. like, And all of those things were not things that I would naturally ask for until I went to 10 years of therapy. So like, I like, I came out of this family, even though my mom is a therapist, (laughs) I came out of this family feeling like my needs or my feelings, my emotions don't really matter. And everybody else's does. And if something goes wrong in the relationship, it's not my, it's not anyone else's fault. It's my fault. I'm the one that caused the harm. And so I can Mm -hmm. like quickly so a, a really great way to sort of like um, evade that kind of like in my own relationship is to just like, is to like be the therapist in the relationship where I'm just like, hey, I'm here for you. <laughs> like, I'm here to like meet your needs. Oh, my, oh, I don't even have any needs. I'm perfect. Mm. Actually, I'm therapy, Jeff. That is perfectly squeaky clean and doesn't need to count on right, anybody. Right. right? <laughs> right and if right. I do need anything, well, I, I can count on myself because I'm just sort of like this therapist that can therapize myself, which is bullshit. Obviously. Right. I, no, I can't totally. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I like to present myself that way. And then mm-hmm. the relationship gets totally lopsided. So, so we're all, I feel like we're all gaslighting ourselves to a certain degree uh, by invalidating our own emotional experience. And it's something that we need to really pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I actually can relate to that, that part of a relationship where you want to like therapize. Mm. I actually am very conscious though. I'm very consciously aware in relationships that I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like my last relationship, I remember thinking like, I'm definitely going to come from a place of like, not now I want to say like something that people say to me a lot, which I think is maybe something that is like, a um, just like something that that's not really true that again thinking about my reality i kind of have to not correct people on but when i think about myself um i tell people i'm a therapist right and first of all there's still stigma i'm sorry even though mm-hmm. we're, we're working on it there still is people <laughs> oh, automatically yeah, sure. are, are like oh wow are yeah. you like analyzing me like okay no <laughs> <laughs> my answer is always like I I know when I'm not working, I don't really want to be like learning about anything else. But no, I genuinely became a therapist because I really genuinely enjoy asking questions and learning about people and listening. Mm -hmm. Some people choose 
to go into this profession for other reasons that <laughs> might have to do with their own limitations and they want to sure. actually learn, which I think is great. Everyone, obviously, there's no, no one knows anyone else better than that person knows themselves, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just about like guiding them. So I think, I think people sometimes think I became a therapist for like other re- like, you know, that's what makes me like listen well. And that's what makes me want to like talk about these things a lot because I went to school for it. And actually like I'm human first and I chose this profession because I really wanted to learn about people and help people. Honestly, Mm -hmm. listen to Mm -hmm. people. I think I've just had that innate innate talent or whatever that is to Mm -hmm. be a good listener. So in my relationships, going back to what I was saying before, I think sometimes curiosity and questions seem invasive for other people, Mm. even if I'm doing it as a girlfriend or as a sister or as a friend. Mm -hmm. And I like to be curious about people and ask questions. And I can't believe that like there's so many people that don't like that, that are just (laughs) really put off by that. And so I don't know how to reel that part in. And that's when I gaslight myself because I feel like sometimes I actually step over the line with people where I ask them too many questions or like I try and get to know them in a way where they're not ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I don't want to be like a therapist, but like mm-hmm. part of my like personality is just wanting to be curious about people and be interested and really want to know in a very non-judgmental way, just who they are and like get to know them. And that was mm-hmm. a huge thing for my ex and I, like he was the opposite of that. And mm. I would resent him because he never asked me like hardly any questions. I mean, he did a little bit, but mm-hmm. just like, can't there be a balance here? So mm-hmm. it's just trying, you know, I, I feel like I'm gaslighting myself right now as I talk about it because <laughs> I don't want to be hard on myself, but <laughs> No, I, I think it's a good example. Your thing is kind of like, or like, or one of your things is, um, my curiosity is unattractive to people, or yeah. my curiosity means that I'm too much and I'm like overwhelming, and it's a turnoff to people. When really, maybe it was only a turnoff to your ex, and he's just a big mm-hmm. fucking weirdo. Uh, although. <laughs> Maybe he's not a weirdo. Maybe there's a lot of people that like don't like that, like are intimidated or that feels too vulnerable to like have all these questions asked of right. them. Right. Fine. But all that means, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means like, oh, you should go find somebody else who's an even better match and is turned on when you ask these questions, feels connected to you, feels like you're like getting to know them and who they really are. There's like so many like wonderful, lovely things about being asked really pointed or direct or mm-hmm. uh, deep questions that like that creates connection that right. creates like a real right. bond you know what I mean? and that's all you're trying to do but you're oh. questioning that because of your ex or because of other people in your life or whatever it is so yeah you're gaslighting yourself into thinking that and then you might sort of like respond to that in a way of just like well then i'm going to pull back and i'm not going to do that and then Mm. you're not your authentic self Mm -hmm. and then you know you're still wondering and want to ask those questions but you don't get to and then like Mm -hmm. the relationship isn't as deep or as satisfying to you you know what i mean totally yes Mm -hmm. yes and it's like you know it's no, being able to process this like right now i've something i've done with my therapist i've talked about it a lot in relationships so you know i can't 
Um, I mean, I talk all the time on this podcast about how much I love therapy and I go to it, mm-hmm. not just because I'm a therapist, but how important it is to be able to process these things out loud, um, mm-hmm. not just like in my journal, even though journaling is great, mm-hmm. with someone that is really hearing me mm-hmm. that can say like what you just said back to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think that's a huge part of healing too when you think about gaslighting yourself is being able to be in a safe space with someone who can kind of who can teach you how to validate yourself, who can validate mm-hmm. you first and then teach you how to validate yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And what you can say in those moments and it's it's not easy to do, like I said, it's for me especially, you know, it's a journey every single day to wake up and decide that, you know, I have these thoughts that come into my head. We have like 70,000 thoughts a day, some consciously, some not, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure I'm aware enough to say to myself, okay, that was actually a really mean thing you said to yourself right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, is that what this really means? Is that the truth? Like that you really are gross to people and you like did something. I just have been having self-esteem issues. That's why I'm thinking (laughs) of the stuff I've been thinking about lately. Yeah. Is that like, I'm gross and blah, 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 all these thoughts. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And I'm like, in any way, you're being really mean to yourself. Like, stop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You wouldn't Mm -hmm. say this to your worst enemy. Like, like you're you're great and here's why. So that's the stuff that kind of works for me a lot is to to like reframe and talk to myself. Like the self-talk is so important. Mm. Uh, So, yeah. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> and there's always yeah. going to be probably like a part of us that's like gaslighting ourselves to a certain degree. But if you can like try to be really thoughtful and mindful about it, then you'll start to catch these things mm-hmm. and feel better. And I I think also if you go back to like what you said initially about it is like if you think about another per- – if you're with another person and they're gaslighting you, they're trying to kind of alter your reality of the way you're feeling, right? Or mm-hmm. take that reality away and tell mm-hmm. you that it's wrong. That's essentially what you're doing to yourself. So in those moments, kind of ask yourself, okay, what's what's really true about this situation? Like am I really gross to everybody? Like if I have this thought, right? Am I really gross? And what does that even mean? I'm like, no, people have been attracted to me. <laughs> I've had multiple <laughs> boyfriends. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so kind of challenging that a little mm-hmm. bit, I think, can be really helpful. Um, and and working really working on like the self-love piece and mm-hmm. loving all parts of you and knowing that perfection doesn't exist and that you're gonna mm-hmm. make mistakes and that's okay. And that there's so many different parts of you that are amazing and there's going to be parts of you that are limiting and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And just like knowing that, even like repeating that daily, like I feel like I need to even repeat that to myself every day. Like I'm glad I said that today to myself <laughs> right now because I'm like, I need to like write that somewhere and just like see it and remember it, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. This podcast episode is really setting me up for the rest of my day. It, these are I all know. very good reminders. <laughs> Like, maybe I just need to listen to that, like, one part. I just keep it on repeat every morning. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. So I love that. So because I know we're um, getting kind of close to, to time of the end, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that we get to some of the questions because they were mm-hmm. great. So, all right. Um, let's, ooh, let's start with this one. Okay. Why does change make me so anxious? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that, like, when we change, we're probably, like, moving into uncertainty. 
Um, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Like maybe we should do a change, whether it's ending a relationship or quitting a job or trying a new hobby or making new friends or doing a different behavior or habit. Um, but if you do that, you're kind of like leaving the familiar, you're leaving what you're like, what, what feels comfortable to you, even if it's not serving you. So sometimes we'd like rather like what's that saying? You deal with the devil, you know, then I don't know, then deal with the, uh, I'm totally messing it up. I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I could help you on that one. Somebody is listening and understands what I'm saying. And that's all that matters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I think I, yeah. Deal so with I think the devil. that a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> still, uh, you don't want to move into uncertainty. You'd rather stay in certainty, even if that means, um, you're not getting at your needs met or something. That's how I interpret it. What do you think? Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, um, you know, working with clients in my practice for how how long, not even in my practice, but in schools and stuff and knowing mm-hmm. a lot about anxiety, like there's nothing more at the top of like someone feeling anxious than like unpredictability, right? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. feeling uncertain. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that. And then that leads to feeling out of control, right? All this stuff. Even if you, even if it's like a choice that you made and it's a change, it's still, you don't know what's going to happen after that. Right. Nice. So there's, there's such a sense of uncertainty and, and feeling um, just this, this kind of lack of control over a situation that can make you feel so much more anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but change, you know, you probably heard people say, you know, change can be good, of course, mm-hmm. but you, mm-hmm. you just don't know the reason why it can be good at that time yet. So you're just still feeling so anxious, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if this is true, but sometimes the thing that I say to myself when I'm kind of like at this crossroads of I probably need a change, but I don't want to, is I I try to think about like everything that we truly want in life is right outside our comfort zone. Mm. So if you just like get out of that comfort zone, you're going to be uncomfortable, but that's how you get what you want. And so that sort of motivates me to move forward sometimes. Yes. And I think that, you know, some people listening might, you know, be asking themselves, okay, but what do I do if I start having that huge, my anxiety spikes when this change is happening or, you know, my body is responding, I'm having all these physical symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. what is it that can help me through those things, like the transitions of life? Mm-hmm. And essentially it's, you know, things that you probably heard on this podcast before, or if mm-hmm. you are a self-help, you know, addict like me, no, don't. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, But, you know, um, you want to work on like staying present and, you know, the therapy I work on is cognitive behavioral. There's a little bit of like DBT in there and just that's Mm -hmm. really helpful in reframing um, my thoughts and all of that. Um, And just learning how to like regulate your nervous system on a daily basis. So Mm -hmm. figuring out what tools and exercises and strategies work best for you to help regulate your nervous system is really important. And um, the Anxiety Healer's Guide is amazing for that. A little shameless plug on my book. But um, (laughs) really creating like a toolkit for yourself of what different like techniques and strategies you can use to kind of help regulate yourself can really help you get through those transitions. Yes, 100%. I just want to like validate everything you just said. There's, I, I always have like three to five tools with me at any point in the day, mm-hmm. like mentally in my head, that will allow me to get through um, most of my, like most of the things that make me feel anxious. So even just talking to you, like 
off screen, you can't see it, but I'm like playing with a lot of, lot of like fidgety toys or like I have a little bottle cap that I keep on squeezing that like regulates my nervous system Mm -hmm. and makes me feel like more in the moment. Um, I have like cold drinks to cool my body down if I need to. There's just like always something within reach or like mentally I know that like this will pass. It always does. I'm going to feel better. You know, whatever self-talk I need. But also for for other things that maybe um, that are really challenging or creating anxiety or uncertainty, like I'll take all my tools and keep them close with me, but I'll also just like ask my community for help. I'll ask my friends mm. for help. I'll ask my partner for help. I'll ask mm-hmm. my family for help. I'm going to like get somebody that's going to like grow with me so we can like challenge each other. So I don't feel like completely alone whenever I can do that. Mm. You know, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. All right. Here's another one. How to talk about anxiety with a partner and verbalize support and needs. (sighs) Well, first, don't gaslight yourself (laughs) into thinking that like you shouldn't talk about your anxiety. I think that a lot of people like feel anxiety and they're just like, there's something wrong with me. I'm so weak. This is unattractive. I'm too much. I'm such a burden. Um, Really kind of like flip that script if you can and and convince yourself or tell yourself that like your feelings are valid. Like listen to this whole episode over again if you need to. Mm, yes. um, and know that like when you are transparent about your anxiety or depression or feelings, like that's how you can connect with somebody. That's what creates a really strong connection is by like displaying your vulnerability. Whenever I watch the bachelor or bachelorette like the the thing that they like harp on the most is like oh you're being so vulnerable because like they all know that they need to go on that show and be vulnerable or at least be perceived as vulnerable because that is how you connect with somebody and so if you display what you're anxious about and then you ask for reassurance or you ask for support in a specific way you're allowing somebody to bond with you and the relationship moves forward. You know what I mean? So it's like this gift that you're giving to somebody. Yeah. Or it doesn't mm. move forward and then you know that that person's not right for you. Yeah. Or or you get like really good data about like they, yeah. they bail or they disconnect or they're bad at support or they don't want to. And then it's like, cool, mm-hmm. this isn't going to work. Can I accept that? Or can I get a little bit of what I want? Or do I need to find somebody who's a better match? Right. Love it. Love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. This person said they want to know more about how to cope with separation anxiety during the holidays as an adult, which I thought was interesting because I'm not sure separation anxiety during the holidays, what exactly that means. The way that I perceived that question was like – Either people that they like or love are going to go away during the holidays to go visit their family, or they're going to feel lonely during the holiday, or they wish that their, um, you know, mom or dad was there or something. And so I'm not sure if it's technically separation, but it might just be like grief or sadness or loneliness or disconnect. And that really gets amplified during the holidays. And there's also, do you experience this in your practice where once holidays, once we like, as we get closer to Thanksgiving, there's just sort of like a, here come the holidays. And there's like this narrative or this energy or whatever it is of just like, Got to get through this again. Like you're, there's almost like this self-fulfilling yep. prophecy. Not that I'm like invalidating anybody's feelings or emotions about it, but it's almost like we kind of set ourselves up to be like, here we go again. Do you experience yes. that? Yes. 
Oh yeah. 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 And I think that, I think that that's kind of how I perceived it too, that people are, um, there's a lot of people that I think feel more lonely during the holiday season Mm -hmm. um, and maybe going through some grief with Mm -hmm. the loss of someone that they loved. And so the traditions that they used to have maybe are not going to look the same. And, um, you know, the holidays aren't always a happy time for people either, right? Right. It's so sensationalized. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the Hallmark Channel, whatever. Okay. Um, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I watch actually, I'm excited for that Lindsay Lohan one coming out. So <laughs> she's a treasure. Yes. <laughs> she is a treasure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think, um, I think it's, Im- it's important to recognize that like the, that time of year doesn't, even if you feel this like intense loneliness or maybe you're maybe like everyone in your family is like asking you why you're not married and don't have kids. Mm. Okay full disclosure, that's me. And then, or maybe, you know, you're going, you're not invited to places, right? Like you don't have a family, maybe like you're used to do and people like passed away or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think something that can be so great during the holidays is to like try and form new traditions for yourself. Um, Some people might not even be religious, so they don't celebrate. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're just seeing all these things. Try and find new traditions for yourself. Um, one, two, try. And even if you're not religious, even if you don't celebrate whatever you're doing, I would say there are so many, um, there are so many, oh my gosh, I'm having like a brain fart. I want to say like businesses or like programs, or I don't know, um, during the holidays, especially that need extra help or like there's so many people less fortunate Mm -hmm. that could use some extra support during the holidays. Like maybe volunteer somewhere, like Mm -hmm. use that energy for, to help other people. And mm-hmm. to do some some good because you're never going to feel bad for helping other people. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> and it kind of gets you out of your head a little bit. And also, if you volunteer somewhere, you might meet some other people who might be able to relate to you, and then you find like a community. Mm-hmm. You know, I so. love those suggestions. Um, it, yeah, you're sort of like trying to reframe it in a way of like, here's an opportunity to. Um, create something new and define what you want these holidays to look like for you and what's it going to look like instead of like staying home and being sad and being disconnected. um, What can you do? Like, how can you take charge? How can you, how can you redefine this for yourself? And also like, if you're sad, if you're going to be bummed, then be with that sadness. That's okay too. Like it might be really hard and you might just have to kind of experience grief, even though grief is really difficult and Mm -hmm. go ahead and try to like be connected with as many people or just stay home and watch all those Hallmark movies. If that's what you want to do, you know, like take care of yourself. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. I feel so grateful that you were able to take the time out to come on here and um, you just have so much great insight and tell everyone where they can follow you again and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. Yes, you can find me. You can find you can search for Therapy Jeff on TikTok or Instagram. You can find Therapy Jeff on Patreon. You can also listen to my podcast, which is called This Changes Everything. Um, and if you want to, you can uh, visit my website at therapyjeff.com or send me an email at jeff at therapyjeff.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, All right, everyone. Okay, we'll see you uh, next week, and we hope everyone enjoyed. Happy healing. Bye. Bye. 
Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.